Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our series, Relationship Rehab. The pandemic has not been kind to relationships. Families are feuding and friendships have fractured. Join us to discover God's principles for rebuilding key relationships. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. What's up, Liquid Church? Great to see you all. Hey, let's give a big welcome to our live locations and church online. What's up, guys? I'm Pastor Tim. Thanks for having me in your homes and campuses today. Hey, we're jumping into a series called Relationship Rehab. And let's be honest, the pandemic has not been kind to relationships. Have you noticed? Uh, Family members are feuding, people arguing over masks and politics. Longtime friendships are kind of fracturing. Have you noticed this? people are more touchy than ever. In fact, quick survey, show of hands. Um, how many of you have a relationship with somebody that got a little crunchy over the last couple of years, okay? A lot of hands here, a little strained maybe during the pandemic. Have you noticed breaking a relationship is actually easy, but fixing it is what's hard. Uh, I got a couple of relationships that could use a reboot, and that's really what this series is all about. Let me tell you, I was having breakfast the other day with a buddy of mine, And we're just kind of catching up about work and family stuff. And he says, actually, Tim, I need your advice. He said, I'm having some friction with my dad. I was like, yeah, what's up? He said, well, we're always pretty close. I mean, we're we're Christians. He's a wonderful man. But the last two years, my dad's gotten super sucked into like cable news and politics. And he's, he's emailing our family like all these inflammatory articles that are like super alarmist, blaming certain groups for like what's happening in our country. And so I told him, I was like, dad, this isn't really healthy or helpful. You're just kind of like pouring gas on the fire. And, and like, we're, we're Christians. We don't want to demonize others. And he looked at me and said, oh, so now you're a liberal. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I'm just, I'm just saying as Christians, we should probably be kind and generous in the way we talk about others. And his dad went off about, you know, the lamestream media is telling lies. We all need to wake up. And then he, and he pointed a finger at my friend and said, wait, are you woke? <laughs> And so my buddy said, I hit the pause button, Tim. I was like, time out. We should probably just stop talking about this. But his father wouldn't stop. And so he said, it ruined our whole family get together over Christmas. He's like dominating the discussions. He's sending articles to the family. He's like posting stuff on Facebook that's like super inflammatory. And my friend like, got really sad. He's like I, like, I love my dad. And he said, I feel like for the first time, I can't talk openly with him. Like there's this rift now in our relationship. And so I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. How, how can I help? And he's like, well, do you, have a, do you have a book I could give him, you know, or some other ammo I could use? <laughs> ammo, you know, he was kind of half joking. I, I, you can probably relate, right? We, we all know somebody who was close to us, or maybe they still are close, or they're drifting, but somebody we loved or respected, but the last two years have created a wrinkle, a rift, a rupture in the relationship. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's your brother-in-law who just got a little crazy about vaccines and stuff, you know, or your sister with the mask, whole mask thing, you know, one way or the other, it doesn't like matter. But she said that thing over New Year's and it was super insulting. And now it's like gotten weird or like awkward in your family. Or, or maybe your kid came home from college and she's talking all about now, you know, fill in the blank, uh, you know, cancel culture or CRT or immigration, insert divisive issue here. And, and, and you listen patiently and you said, well, well, the truth 
is, honey. You, you need to understand something. And she got so triggered by what you said, like, mom, don't ever say that. I can't tell you anything. You're going to get canceled. It just like kind of blew up and like, wait, what? And you got all emotional. Now you're like walking on eggshells in your own home. And there's a gap because the relationship feels strained, broken. There's, there's all this emotion and anger and hurt. And I get it, right? Like you've thought about it. Like, is this a communication problem? Is it a generation gap? And, and, and as you thought about it, you, you suddenly, you woke up and you realized the root of the issue with that, that person you love. The root problem is this. She sees things her way, but I see things the right way, right? Right? You know, that, that's the problem. And you're, you're laughing, right? Because you're thinking, well, finally, someone understands me. <laughs> Anybody here got a crazy person in their life too? You see it the right way, but they're just crazy, right? If you have a relationship that's, that's broken or damaged, and again, it could be a family member. Maybe it's somebody at work, a friend or a roommate. And you were once close, man. Somebody, though, said something, somebody got hurt, and now it's kind of funky, and you're avoiding each other, and there's this, like, growing distance. We typically think if he or she will just see things my way, which is the right way, we'll be okay, right? And you're kind of wondering, like, my friend, like, is there a book I can give them or some ammo I can help open their eyes and see things the right way? That word ammo kind of fits because we, uh, I've found we all try a lot of things that we think will work to repair a broken relationship, but actually ends up blowing it up instead. Andy Stanley calls it uh, C4, the C4 approach to managing relationships. You guys know what C4 is? Those of you in the military probably know. C4 is one of the most powerful plastic explosives on the planet. It's typically used in the military. And and when it comes to repairing broken relationships, I found that a lot of good people, like well-meaning people, use a C4 approach to fixing things. You know what I'm going to do with, with, with my fill-in-the-blank, my mom, my dad, my sister, that person at work who stole my idea, or my ex who's a crazy maker? I'm going to use C4. I am going to convince him or her that they're wrong. That's all I have to do. If I just send them an article, marshal all my persuasive cells, or I'm going to send them a very well-worded email, they will understand the logic of my position. I'll convince them of the truth and hopefully convict them. That's the second C. I'll convict them. I'm going to start praying They see the error of their ways. Lord, open their eyes. I'm going to start mailing them a daily Bible verse. And eventually, they'll feel remorse for how wrong they were. And bonus point, bing, maybe then they'll apologize. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that feel good? But if they don't cooperate, then I'll just coerce them. I'll just just force them, you know? Like, I'll threaten them as the parent. Well, you're not going to, you know, or I'll tell them, you're not going to see your grandkids if you act like that. Or I'm taking away visitation rights from you. Four C's, convince, convict, coerce. What's the fourth? Oh, when all else fails. This is so helpful. Control them. Can you say control? Yeah, just control them. Have you noticed adults love to be controlled? Most humans do, don't they? Yeah. Sometimes when people act stupid, (laughs) or they can't see the error of the ways. It's like, I just got to drop the hammer, man. I got to tighten the reins a little bit. And that's the way you fix it. C4, convince, convict, coerce, control, right? How's that working for you? We laugh, but that C4 approach to fixing relationships, you know what that does? You know what C4 does? Tick, 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 tick. Boom, right? Just kind of blows things up. It actually makes it worse, doesn't it? We all know this because we've all tried it. Has somebody ever tried to use C4 on you? Okay, anybody here? Maybe your, your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, your roommate, they try to convince you. That's my thing because I'm like a communicator. So I'm like, if I can just persuade them and say enough things, that's how I can get her to kind of go along with what I want. 
convict, coerce, control. Wasn't that fun? It's weird. As humans, when we have a conflict with somebody we love or care about, we instinctively reach for one of these four tools. We reach for them first, even though they make things worse. Nothing gets resolved. Nothing gets fixed. We just we just get more frustrated, or we, or we push the person away, or if they don't, we, we push them in harder. Let me give you an example. Here's, here's a great way to control another person that you may not even be aware of. You, you actually are like, I'm, I'm trying to fix the relationship. And so you say something like, well, listen, hey, I'm sorry if I offended you. Have you ever heard that one? I'm, I'm sorry if I offended you. You actually hear it in the media a lot, famous people when they apologize. And at first you're like, it sort of sounds like an apology, but something's a little bit off about it, you know? Like we don't know exactly what, so we try it out with, you know, my, my spouse is upset and you're like, oh, oh, I'm sorry if I offended you, honey. <laughs> How'd that work for you? Because you're like, I'm trying to fix the relationship. I'm taking ownership. I'm the big person. I'm sorry if I offended you. It sounds sincere, but you know what the other person hears? They hear you saying, you are too easily offended. <laughs> I'm sorry if I offended you because what I said actually would not offend most reasonable people. So I just want to apologize for your thin skin. My bad. My bad. I just, I just want to apologize for your emotional immaturity. I mean, I just, you know, boom! <laughs> it just blows up. It's C4. You're trying to control their response and watch this, convict them in a passive-aggressive way. You didn't mean to. Doesn't matter. They don't respond well, which further, by the way, confirms for you, I'm the reasonable person and she's the one taking crazy pills. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, right? Like, you know that starting a relationship is easy. Fixing one is hard. And that's why we all need a little relationship rehab. Can you say rehab? Try to make me go to rehab, but I said, no, no, no. No, 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 no. You got to learn. We all have to learn how to rehabilitate, how to repair, restore, reconcile broken relationships. And let me tell you something. The Bible, the word of God himself, who created relationships, Gives us a wonderful blueprint for that. What we're going to learn from the Bible over the next three weeks is going to save some of you thousands of dollars in therapy. You're welcome. Because <laughs> I almost guarantee you didn't learn this skill in school. In fact, you probably didn't see it modeled in your home growing up. In fact, maybe you can think of somebody that your parents or, or somebody your family was close with, but then somebody said something or somebody did something upsetting. There was this conflict and things got heated, words exchanged. One of the four C's, you know, boom, went off, and you didn't ever see them again, or your family never talked about them again. Maybe you saw that model in your family of origin, so, well, isn't that just normal? That's how our family does conflict. In fact, I'm curious. Here's a question for you. Which of the four C's did your parents reach for first? Convince, convict, coerce, control. What was the default tool in your family growing up? Because my guess is it may be your default too. Remember what we learned from EHS? We learned our families of origin, they pass along patterns that we just end up inheriting and then we repeat them. Some patterns are good, they're healthy, others unhealthy and toxic. And you actually have to go back in order to move forward and carve out new patterns of emotional health. So look at your foo, your family of origin. Which of the four C's did your parents reach for first? Convince, convict, coerce, control. You can talk about that in your small group this week. Maybe you've heard uh, this one in your home. Parents, you'll recognize this. After an apology, the other person goes, um, I said, I'm sorry. Why are you still mad? I like, I acknowledge a mistake. I moved in your direction. Why are you still upset about this? Translation, what do they hear? I did my part. Try doing yours. Since you're not okay, something's clearly wrong with you. 
right? It's, it's what we say in the subtitle that's both convicting and coercive. Clearly, I'm the better person. I apologize. I was humble. If you were mature like me, you'd actually thank me, accept that, and move on. We should be back to where we were before what I said or made that decision. Or Boom! Convict, coerce, and it blows up the relationship. Guys, as one of your pastors who loves you, I want to keep you from blowing things up. I want, I know you want to do things differently because now you're part of the new family of Jesus. So let's look at what your heavenly father says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this is a letter that was written by the apostle Paul to Christians in Corinth. And things were kind of crunchy in that congregation. There's all sorts of broken relationships, division, infighting. And Paul wrote to remind them of their responsibility, their calling as Christians. Listen to what he says. Okay, here he he writes. He says, all of this is a gift from God who did what? Say it together, church. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of what? Reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling. There it is again. Reconciling the whole world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. What's the key word? You said it three times over and over. God's whole goal? Reconciliation. Guys, the grand story of the gospel is how God reconciled or repaired our broken relationship with him. I want you to think about this. The Bible in a nutshell is the story of how God repaired a broken relationship with family members who hurt him deeply. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and he's given us this task of reconciling people to him. What's the deal? You and I are part of a rebel race, okay, who ruptured our relationship with God. But here's the kicker. God wasn't content to just let it go, blow it off. That's why he sent Jesus to this earth to restore the relationship. For God was in Christ, that is Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. In other words, God saw your sin, my sin, and what did God do? He says, I'm going to make the first move. Even though it's all Mike's fault, I'm going to reach out in the form of Jesus, and Jesus built a bridge on the cross to restore our relationship with the Father, right? Out of love, this is the good news. Jesus says, I'm going to personally pay the bill of restoring the relationship. I'm going to die on the cross. And it's God reaching out saying, I love you. I want to fix this. But notice he leaves the response up to you, right? That, that's the goal of biblical reconciliation. It's to repair or restore the relationship. But that ain't where it ends. You know, the cross is kind of a symbol of Christianity and the cross where Jesus died. Notice it was both vertical. There was a vertical bar and then there was a horizontal beam, right? In other words, it goes two ways, right? God said, since I fix our relationship vertical, now I want you to look out and fix yours. Look out on your life horizontally. Wherever there's a broken relationship in your life, because God says, I gave you this wonderful message of what, say it together, church, reconciliation. It's the whole goal of the gospel. Relationship rehab. Restoring, repairing broken relationships. So let's begin this series with, with a personal question. Can I get up in your business a little bit? Here we go. Is there a relationship in your life that needs repair? You know, maybe there's a feud with somebody in your family or a business partner, colleague at work. As we go through God's word, I want you to bring to mind just a single face. Maybe there's a lot of people, just a single face 
Somebody with whom things are kind of crunchy. You know what I'm talking about? There's like friction. There's conflict. There's a rift in the relationship. Maybe you had a falling out with your dad or your mom or, or it's a brother or a sister and you avoided them over the holidays or maybe it's somebody at your school or you're a parent, you got conflict with one of your kids. Maybe there's conflict in your marriage or your tension with your ex, you're, you're divorced and like, yeah, I know how to resolve it. Things are just always, is there a relationship in your life that needs repair? I want you to keep that person's face in your mind over the next three weeks and ask God, what are you calling me to do? What are you saying to me through your word? One of the things I like to do, I'll just let you in on this. When I'm trying to under, really understand like a scripture, like I can read it the first time, but when I want to like apply it in my life, what I like to do is I like to read different translations. And so I found this very, very cool version of 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19. Listen to this translation. I put it in your app, by the way, from the Message Bible. Here's what it says. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. Look at this. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah. That's Jesus. Giving the world a fresh start, offering forgiveness of sins. And so watch this now. God has given us the task of telling everybody what he's doing. We are Christ's representatives. And God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Isn't that cool? Don't, don't you love how relevant the Bible is? God says, I made the first move to fix my relationship with you. Out of love, I poured mercy and grace and I blessed you. And I want you to do the same thing with that person in your mind. Drop your differences. Make things right between the two of you. Reconciliation, guys, is God's requirement for anybody who claims to be a follower of Christ. The question is, then why do we avoid it so much? You know, like when I talk to, to folks who have kind of, you know, C4 go off in their family, boom. And, you know, they call me because I'm a pastor and I, they think I know something. And, and there's like all this smoke and damage and blood everywhere. And, and I start talking about reconciliation. You know what they do? Watch this, watch this. They go like, they start, they listen, they listen. And as soon as I start saying about making the first move and reconcile, they just go, like, they just go yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. They fold their arms. <laughs> and I say, hey, I, I'm reading your body posture. I can sense maybe a little bit of resistance there. And I said, why is that? And they just go like this. They go, well, I already, I've already forgiven her. I go, Really? Yeah, I said I was sorry, and she forgave me. Did, did I forgive? Right, right, hon, didn't I? And she just goes, yeah, I forgave him. <laughs> I'm like, okay, marriage counseling over, you know? <laughs> the problem is we don't understand true reconciliation. The truth is reconciliation is a lot more than just forgiveness. If you're taking notes, this is important. Forgiveness is only half the equation. I want you to think about this. Your heavenly father was not content just to forgive you. Reconciliation is more than forgiveness. Let's be honest. I can forgive you, right? If you step on my toes, you do something that upsets me. I can forgive you, but never make any attempt to reconcile, right? I can still stay a little bit back with my arms folded. God wants reconciliation. He's like, I want that relationship restored. It's, I want it full. I want it free, uninhibited. There, so there's no guilt, no shame, or lingering bad feelings between us. And that's what Jesus did for us. He says, that's what I want now for you. Christ did a lot more than forgive you. He wants to reconcile you to God. That's a lot harder, isn't it? And so I found that's just why a lot of Christians settle for forgiveness. They go like this. They just go, well, 
I forgave him in my heart. Okay, Pastor, I, I forgave him. I, I still hate him, but I forgave him. <laughs> you know? And we think like, yeah, I think that's good. God forgave me. I forgive him. I forgive her. And forgiveness is easier. Do you know why it's easier for you? Because you can control it. You hold all the cards, right? I control the process. I control the outcome. I hold all the cards. But reconciling with people, man, a lot messier, a lot harder. You got to humble yourself. It can feel uncomfortable, awkward. Like, I don't know what, what like, what would I say? How would I, we, I, how would they respond? I can't control that. And so what we do is we reduce Christianity to forgiveness because it's easier. God forgives me, so I forgive you. Now we're good. No, no, no. Guys, you're shrinking the gospel. You're shrinking the gospel. It keeps you looking up, but doesn't allow you to look around. You're so heavenly minded. Me and God are good. You're no earthly good. I'm not actually speaking with Mike anymore. We don't speak. <laughs> you imagine? But here's the good news, guys. The Bible says God wasn't content just to forgive you. Yes, Christ died to forgive your sins. He cleared away the damage it's done to your relationship with God. But reconciliation is more than forgiveness. The end goal is full restoration of that broken relationship. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him. And then he, what did he do? Called us to settle our relationships with each other. We're Christ's representatives. And God uses us to persuade men and women to drop the differences, enter into God's work of making things right between them. Think of it this way. I was trying to like think of a way like to, to kind of paint this for you because Christians get confused forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness, in a lot of ways, is the runway to reconciliation. So over New Year's, our family uh, went on vacation to the Caribbean. It was kind of, kind of fun. We said, no presents. We'll just go on a family trip. And we go to the Caribbean. And as our plane approached this little island runway, okay, I'm looking out the window. And let me just tell you, the runway was a little bit short. You ever have that moment? Okay, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly as short as this one. This is actually Saba Island, but it's close. And it was surrounded by water. And there's this tiny, like, little strip of asphalt. And as we, you know, when we landed, we're like, okay, put on the brakes. I'm literally, like, doing Fred Flintstone. I'm like, stop the plane. <laughs> but worse is when we're taking off because it's like the runway's closing, 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 closing. And that's the moment of truth, right? The plane finally clears and takes off. Think of it this way. Forgiveness is the runway to reconciliation. Nobody cheers if you go down the runway. Yay! We taxied and now we're in the ocean, right? Nobody, nobody. That was the point of any runway. It's what? Give you lift so that the plane takes flight. Forgiveness is the runway to reconciliation. It's a means to an end. You forgive so that relationship can actually fly again. You want to get it back up in the air. So how exactly do you do that, Tim? This is, by the way, just a little intro for the next really three weeks. How do you do that? I'll give you a couple practical things here to end. God's word says this in Colossians. Let's actually read this out loud together. Ready? Here we go. Colossians 3. God's word says this. Bear, what's the word? Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance, you got a grudge, you got a beef against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Circle that word bear. <laughs> you know why the Bible tells you to bear with one another? Because some people can be a bear, <laughs> right? <laughs> I get it. Because I see, I see some of you right now on the campuses. I'm looking at you in your living room, man. And I know what some of you are doing. You're like, well, this, this series isn't for me. You're crossing your arms. You're thinking, you know, well, if Clint were here, this was for him, but not for me. Because you're saying, easy for Pastor Tim to say. You don't know my situation, Pastor Tim. You don't know what she did to me. Well, you know what? 
you're 100% right. I don't. And I'm sorry for what happened to you. I remember some years ago when I was, um, well, the word would be betrayed, betrayed by one of my closest friends. He didn't, he didn't think he was betraying me at the time, but it sure felt like it. Um, I'm not a, like a super emotional guy. I'm not a crying guy, but I literally wept. The pain was so deep in my heart. And when there's a case of things like abuse or, or something serious, you know, sometimes reconciliation is in the cards. We'll talk about this next week. It's not safe. It's not wise in every case. Sometimes all you can do is privately forgive. But this wasn't abuse. This was just emotional pain for me. He I felt like he betrayed me. And I was just angry, man. I was hurt. And, I, and it took a lot for me to get to the point where I could ever actually reach out. I mean, I knew as a Christian I had to forgive him right? It's like a command. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's how it works. Vertical, horizontal. It got to be instantaneous for a believer. By the way, do you know that? You don't have to feel it, but you actually need to pray when you're hurt. Lord, I forgive him. I release him or her for paying for what they did to me. Now help my feelings to follow. This is so important. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's a choice. You make the choice and then your feelings follow. If I, if I waited until I felt like, forgive my friend, I'd be sitting here right now too with crossed arms. I'd be like, yeah, except that SOB. Sorry. <laughs> Just, that's in my, see that? It's right there. It's still in my heart. There's unsanctified part of me. <laughs> that, that's how resentment grows and bitterness takes root. You have to forgive because forgiveness is the runway to reconciliation. Well, as crazy as it sounds, we did eventually reconcile. It took like almost two years. And, um, we started with some texts, and then we actually met for lunch. And I'll just tell you, it was awkward. It was awkward. But what I didn't know is God had been working in his heart too. And before I could even say a word, I had like this, you know, what exactly am I going to say? And I'm like praying about it, and I'll have this little speech and everything. Before I could even say a word, he said, I just have to ask you to forgive me, man. And I was like, I already did. And now two guys are like crying in Applebee's, you know, and it's like, you know, 11 a.m. And people think we're drunk, and it's just this like hot, holy mess, you know? We, we fully reconciled. Even though he actually lives in another part of the country, we are close friends now. In fact, he texted me today. We text, we talk all the time. Our, our relationship is actually stronger than it was before the conflict. So I just want to encourage you because forgiveness, I know it's scary, but it's the runway to reconciliation. It's what allowed our friendship to fly again. But notice it started with forgiveness. I had to let him go in my heart, release him to God and say, God, I forgive him the way you forgave me, totally, completely, no strings attached. He doesn't have to pay. I had to step over, well, you can even hear it a little bit, my natural desire for revenge, right? For retaliation, to get back at him. Because that's part of our sin nature, guys. If someone hurts you, and, and let's just be honest, you have this ugly urge to like pay them back or watch them fail, right? You see them on Facebook falling on their face. You're like, yeah. It's ugly, right? It's ugly. It's our, it's our sin nature. It's our flesh. It's a natural reflex for humans. When you root for someone's downfall, you're like, I want her to know how much she hurt me. Here's the problem. True biblical reconciliation leaves no room for revenge. Can we say that together? Reconciliation leaves no room for revenge. Ephesians 5, again, commands us. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Look what it says. It says, get rid of of all what? Say it together, church. Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. 
Do you know what Paul is talking about here? He's saying, I want you to put a ban. Ban on what? A ban on WMDs, words of mass destruction. <laughs> if you're going to rehab a relationship, you have to actually ban certain words from your vocabulary because you're going to have, when you have conflict, you're going to argue, you're going to fight, but will you fight fair? You have to ban WMDs, words of mass destruction. Some, some you know, <laughs> 20-somethings are like, what are WMDs? Do you guys remember the Cold War at all? Anybody here old enough to remember the Cold War? It was between the communist Soviet Union and the capitalist West led by America. And even in the worst moments of the Cold War conflict, both countries agreed some weapons were just off limits. We called them WMDs. It stood for weapons of mass destruction. And what our leaders said is said, you know, we may fight, we may argue, we may have conflict, but neither of us is going to drop the bomb, the atomic bomb, because what was called MAD, M-A-D, mutually assured destruction. In other words, both the Soviet Union and America knew that if the one dropped an atomic bomb on the other, it's over for the whole world. Married couples, you need to ban WMDs, weapons and words of mass destruction from your marriage. One of them is the threat of divorce. You have to take it off the table and say, this is not an option for us. You've got to close the escape hatch of your marriage. You've got to lock it. You've got to throw away the key and say, we are going to make this relationship work even if it kills us. You've got to learn to fight fair if you're going to rehab the relationship. I'm just telling you, God is very, very specific about the kinds of words that are out of bounds for sincere Christ followers. Again, look at Ephesians 5. Get rid, command, Get rid of all these WNDs, words of mass destruction, bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. In other words, if you want to rehab a relationship, you've got to put a ban on anger and rage. Translation, you never use anger to intimidate the other person. You never make threats. It's using C4, right? Coerce and control. It never works. Harsh words. What does harsh words mean? You know what harsh words means? It means you say things that you know are intentionally going to give them a dig. It's going to just get them. Like, like, you know what? You're just like your father. Or you're just like, when you belittle or you label or the worst, you psychologize the other person. Can I just tell you while you're, while you're acting all crazy, do you know why you act like that? I think when you were a little child, someone stole your lunch money and your mom, you had, the truth is you have no idea. There is no way you know anybody else's motivation. You don't even know your own half the time. <laughs> the Bible says no harsh words, no slander. You know what slander is? Slander is gossip. It's insult. It's where you leak sideways. And you know what? It is, and I don't want to say too much, but actually T. Tawana said this, and I'm going to talk about her, and you pray for her and everything. I'm going to belittle and slander her to other people as a way of hurting her indirectly. And said, what does God say? Look at the next verse. Instead, be what? Kind to each other. Hard-hearted. No, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. In other words, instead of cursing, you actually extend kindness. Instead of getting bitter and hard-hearted, you, you keep your heart tender. You move towards the other person. So together, watch this, you can fix the problem not the blame. Say that with me. Fix the problem, not the blame. In other words, you attack the issue, not each other. <laughs> Guys, wake up. You're both on the same team. The goal is to reconcile the relationship. 
And anytime you fix the blame, you are not fixing the problem. You want exhibit A? Look at Washington, D.C. Look at our government, okay? Put the D in dysfunction, right? The White House blames Congress for everything that's wrong. Congress blames the president. The Senate blames the House. Nothing gets fixed. Why? Because you know how you spell blame? You know how you spell blame? Be lame. <laughs> right now, everybody in our government is being lame. <laughs> They're wasting their time and energy just blaming each other. And as long as you're fixing the blame, you are not fixing the problem. So here's my challenge to you this week. If you're going to fix that relationship, you got to repent. You know what repent means, actually? In the Greek, it means you got to whoop, change your mind and go a different direction. You got to make a whoop, mental pivot in your mind. Instead of vowing, you know what? That person hurt me. I will get back at so-and-so. Revenge is off the table. And you decide, no, no, no. With God's help, I will get back to so-and-so. I'm not going to punish them. I will pursue them. I will go to them. Remember, revenge is off the table. No retaliation for a Christ follower. So instead of vowing, I will get back at, you say to yourself, I will get back to. I know we haven't spoken in weeks, maybe months, maybe a year or more. Maybe you've got a cold war going on in your house. But I believe God is nudging some of you to make a change today and say, you know what? I, I, will, I, I will not get back at so-and-so. With God's help, Holy Spirit, help me. I will get back to them. With God's help, I'm, I will unfold my arms and make the first move towards them as God made the first move towards me. I know some of you are rolling your eyes right now. You're like, how, how can I do that? I don't feel anything from, I don't feel warmth, I don't feel love or anything. We got a cold war going on. I left that text unread. We haven't spoken in months. I didn't ask if you feel it. I ask, are you willing to obey? Would you be willing to obey God this week and pray a dangerous prayer. You know what dangerous prayer I'm talking about? This is a prayer, I'm just warning you, that God loves to answer. In fact, I don't say this a lot. I can almost guarantee he will answer this prayer. You don't say that, I don't say that about a lot of prayers. This is a prayer I have found God in my own life has been faithful to answer most of the time. You ready for it? Simple. Heavenly Father, help me see blank the way you do. In other words, when that person comes to mind, I I want to see and visualize them, God, the way you see them, not the way I see them. Because right now, I can only see them through the filter of how they've hurt me. That's the first part. Heavenly Father, help me see them the way you do. And here's a second. And Father, help me feel towards them what you feel. Help me feel it. Andy Stanley taught me this prayer. Here's why it's so powerful. When you bring that person, I want you to bring that person to mind right now, that person you've got your arms crossed about. Picture their face right now. You see them? You see them? Let me ask you a question. Right now, do you think your heavenly father is angry with them? Like right now when God's looking at them, what would you answer? Do you think your heavenly father is just angry with him or her? Right? Been in church a while, you read the Bible, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. You'd probably admit like, well, no. I mean, I, I'm mad at them, but no, God's probably not mad at them. Because you understand that sin breaks God's heart because it breaks relationships. And so God isn't angry with them. God is angry over what's happened to us. 
Because if you're holding on to your hurt and your anger, you've got work to, to do to feel in your heart what God feels towards them. But you know what he feels? It's this beautiful mixture of sadness over what's happened and love. It's a cocktail called compassion. I wonder whose name you'd fill in the blank with. Heavenly Father, help me see blank the way you do. And help me feel towards her, him, what you feel. I'm just warning you it's a dangerous prayer. You know why? You know why it's dangerous? I'll end with this. Because if you feel towards them what God feels towards you, you will actually move towards them. You catch that? If you feel towards them what God feels towards them, you will move towards them. God is not angry with them. And check it, he's not angry with you. God's brokenhearted over what's happened to the both of you. He is pissed at this sinful thing maybe they did to start the war or the thing you did to keep it going and now it's snowballing and God is saying, stop it, both of you. This is crazy. Step off the train. I'm not only going to forgive them. That's my calling. God, I want to reconcile. I want to move towards them even though I don't feel it right now. So God, I need your help to repair this relationship. I can't do it. I need your heart, God. So I pray, Heavenly Father, help me see him the way you do. Help me feel towards her what you feel. Would you be willing to pray that today? Just asking you. Church online, would you be able to pray that today? To hold this prayer before God every day this week. I'm challenging you to pray it for seven days with all the sincerity you can muster. Heavenly Father, help me see them and feel them the way you do. I'm just telling you, this prayer could be a game changer. You know why? Because it's a heart changer. It's a heart changer. Because the Holy Spirit's inside of you. And if you give the Holy Spirit permission to change your heart and you start to feel brokenhearted towards them instead of angry with them, watch out. If you begin to feel towards them what God feels towards them, you will move towards them. You will. You know what happens toward that person you're angry at? Watch this. The drawbridge of your heart starts to come down. All those walls you've built up around all these years, the drawbridge starts to come down. The door begins to open and the welcome mat starts to come out. And then there is no telling what God can do. Listen, I'm just telling you, listen, he may not change the relationship right away, but I guarantee he will change you. I guarantee it. Now, I know, I know you've got a, you got a million questions right now. There's a lot of you are going to send me emails and all that, but just wait till next week, okay? I know some of you are like, but Tim, what if they don't respond? You know, what if they won't take responsibility? I know, I know. We're going to get into that stuff next week. This is just the intro. But today, let's just start simple. For the next seven days, would you pray a dangerous prayer? Whose name right now would you fill in that blank? Heavenly Father, help me see Nate the way you do. Help me feel towards Clint what you feel. That's the first step towards a relationship rehab. And I'm just telling you, man, the plane is on the runway. The engine is, is running. The blades are starting to go. It's about to lift off and God's waving to you saying, come on, come on, come on, hop on board. Let's take a trip together. Will you join Jesus on this journey? I hope so. For the next few weeks, forgiveness, I'm just telling you, it's the runway to reconciliation. Amen? Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Would you bow your heads? All our campuses, church online with our heads bowed. Just a moment between you and God. Who's that person the Holy Spirit brought to your mind today? That relationship where there's been a rupture and it's strained and there's distance and maybe God just kind of nudging you 
do more than forgive, but to reconcile. Think about it. Between you and God, if you feel towards them what God feels towards them right now, you will move towards them. But you can't work, move towards them without God's help. The Bible says we first need to be reconciled to God. You got to make sure your relation with God is in line. And then his spirit will actually plant in you a desire to repair the other. It starts first with God. So take a moment right now to reconcile with your heavenly father. Remember, he's already forgiven you. He feels love. He's been waiting for this moment to speak with you. So just take a moment. Pray with me. Just say, heavenly father, if there's anything in my heart that's keeping me from you, forgive me. Jesus, clear the damage away. I believe on the cross you are reaching out for me. And I ask you to be my God, be my Lord, my Savior today. And Holy Spirit, I want to get in on this. I hear you. You're calling me to something more than forgiveness, to true reconciliation. So Heavenly Father, right now, and you just pray this in your heart to say, help me to see, say their name, help me to see blank the way you see them. And Lord, this week, begin changing my heart. Help me to feel towards blank what you feel. Father, I pray for all those names that are lifted up right now. Holy Spirit, would you do something that only Jesus could get the credit for? Begin sparking, kindling, even a desire, Father God, to reach out with the humility and healing of Jesus. I pray for broken marriages, friendships, relationships, all the ones, Father God, we put them in your hand this week and ask you to breathe life into them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Everyone said together, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.